and during service. So feel free to help yourself to coffee and various sweets that are over on the sidebar. So that's a special welcome to the folks who are here in person. And for those folks online, we're so happy to be worshiping together. And we're so sad that you're not here to share in this social time with us. I'd also like to do a special welcome today to Deaconess Sharon McCart and her husband, Dale. Before I review her bio, I just wanted to everybody keep the pastor and his family in your prayers as they're on the track to take Annie off to college. It's very traumatic for, for families to have that child go away to school. So make sure to keep the pastor and his family in your prayers. And as I promised, I, I do, I know um, Deaconess McCart's been with us several times, but I would like to review her bio in case your memory is like mine and uh, some of the detail might escape you. So let me review that. Um, she's a United Methodist Deaconess consecrated to love, justice, and service. She's appointed to disability ministries at the conference level. She's also appointed in mission to the Philippines to document the work of the deaconesses of that country. This project will be her final project in earning her Doctor of Ministry. So a long track there to be finishing. Um, born and raised in California, she loves to travel and also to come home again. She's been married to Dale for 51 years. And they, <laughs> and they've lived in Irvine nearly that long. So a, a long track to join us today as well. Welcome again. They have a grown son, Matt, and he's married to Cassie. So again, wonderful to have you back with us today. The flowers you might notice on the altar, um, and I don't see Mercedes right now, but they are in honor of Mercedes' birthday, which I believe is this coming Saturday. So happy birthday to Mercedes. Uh, wherever you are, everybody will get a chance to tell her. Um, let's see, taking a look at the calendar, Tuesday at 10, we have Bible study here. And right following Bible study is the Advent Council meeting. So that's Tuesday of this week. Uh, Saturday on the 14th of October, jumping ahead a little bit, trick, trunk or tree will be out in the parking lot. So that's Saturday, the 14th of October. So everybody be thinking about what costume you're going to wear and how you want to decorate your trunk in a Halloween kind of theme so that all the trick-or-treaters from the neighborhood and our, our congregation, everybody who joins us will have an exciting uh, Saturday afternoon as they trunk-or-treat at North Coast United Methodist Church. On Sunday, the 22nd of October, another youth kind of thing, the Mission Area Team Gathering is going to be here at our church from noon to 2. They're going to have pizza and play games. So it's one of those connectional kinds of things that the larger group of uh, youth will be here to celebrate in that activity. On Monday, the 23rd of October, the Prayer Shawl Crafting Group will resume at 1 o'clock in the afternoon that Monday. And then way looking ahead, but I want to make sure it's on your calendars. Saturday, the 2nd of December, 
We're going to have gather the hanging of the greens here in the church to decorate for Christmas, so we'll be ready for the first Sunday of Advent. And also, that same day is going to be the Holiday Bazaar, where we will have uh, multiple crafters and uh, collectible salespeople show up. They're, they're each going to uh, rent a space that they will come, and we'll have a lot of people show up, not only to um, have the spaces, but also to come and shop for things they might want to buy for Christmas presents. So, Mary Lou, is there anything else I should add on that? Okay, so, and if any of you are crafters or have collectibles that you'd like to, to uh, think about getting a booth, um, Mary Lou might have some good information for you if you can catch up when she's not working on the hospitality stuff. So, um, that was all I had to pass today. So, with that, um, we will turn to some central, there's Mercedes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. So with that, we'll turn to some censoring music so we can all um, enter the spirit of worship. Mm -hmm.
They're hiding in the mat, so you're not gonna sit up closer so I just I feel like I'm not so alone. Because <laughs> that would really help me. And maybe you could help me answer these questions too. Okay, I have some things in this bag, and you don't have to sit on the floor, you can just turn those chairs around. Because I wouldn't even see you. What do you think you would take on a night hike besides a flashlight? Yeah. A hiking stick would be good because if you can't see where you're going, you might need to feel where you're going, right? Anything else? Anybody can tell me. Yeah, you have another idea? A lantern would be good, yeah. Yeah, because those are good for light too. Candles might help, yes. Oh yeah, one of those things that just is on the strap and the light comes right out here to look. I love those because they at least wherever you look, they're right there. Right? I have some things in this bag. You can tell me if you think this would help or not. Let me decide what to bring it up first. How about this? <laughs> no, it might be something to cuddle if you got a little scared because you were lost or something. But yeah, that really wouldn't help you find your way, would it? What else is he? Ooh, how about this? <laughs> that a lot? Maybe a little bit. It might help other people find you. Yes, that's a true statement. When I do have a flashlight in here, this one, I think the batteries work. Yeah. There you go. That would help. Where was the battery last? You know, I was on a hike in a cave one time. And I had two flashlights. And first the batteries in one died, and then the batteries in the other one died. And it was pitch black. And I was all by myself. Oh, that was scary. I kind of felt my way along until I saw the light shining through a little hole, and then I found my way out. Oh, and I do have like a little candle here, so that might help. <laughs> oh, I only have one thing left. You know what else I thought might help? Is if you chose a night when the moon was full and it was a bright starry night, that might help. But here's something. What's this? Jesus. Would Jesus help? Oh, of course. Of course, Jesus helps no matter what our situation is, right? So that's one one time you really want to keep your eyes on Jesus and, and see that he can help us. So I'm going to put him right there to remind us that Jesus helps us find our way. All this other stuff is just nonsense. Especially this. <laughs> okay, thank you. You can go back. Selections this morning. These would be our hymns. Yes. In the garden. In the garden. I'm also going to invite those who are going to help me sing up here to come up at this time before we begin. So, hymn 314. 
we live in the moment
one more. Egypt. 
We recognize that God's wisdom and guidance protect us from harm and lead us toward the road. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. We trust in God's sovereignty to guide us through unfamiliar territory and lead us toward liberation. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. We prepare ourselves for the challenges and struggles that may come our way, relying on God's strength. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. We seek God's guidance and presence in our lives, knowing that God's leading is steadfast and trustworthy. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light. We embrace the light of God's truth, which illuminates our path and brings clarity in times of darkness. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. We take comfort in the constancy of God's presence, knowing that God never forsakes or abandons us. Let us remember this story as a reminder of God's faithful guidance in our lives and let us trust in God's leading, even when it may take us on unexpected paths. Amen. We seek God's guidance and trust in the journey set before us.
time with the Lord's Prayer. Loving God, welcome us into your house of worship. Help us know your acceptance and your grace as we worship you. Fill us with your grace and mercy that others may find us to be generous and loving friends. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And now that we've heard that our Father has taught us, our Father, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Hear these words of assurance. We are overwhelmed by your amazing love, O God. Strengthen us to labor faithfully in your vineyard. Embolden us to love and forgive freely and joyously. Inspire us with your wisdom and your grace. In your grace and love we pray. Amen. Thank you. 
Now, most of you might remember that I've been to the Philippines a few times. Um, there are not as many deaconesses and home missioners here in the U.S. as there are in the Philippines. In the Philippines, almost every church has at least one. And I know many of them, actually, at this point. I've learned a lot from them, and I enjoy being in the Philippines and spending time with them. Now, last spring, I made my fifth trip there. On that trip and on the one that we, I'm going to take next month, uh, I've interviewed deaconesses and home missioners because I'm writing a book about what I have learned from them. And that is indeed not thesis, but my doctoral project. Um, we're just doing this April, please pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> now all of the interviews were interested and everyone shared freely with me. And I learned more with each conversation. But once, I was left very nearly speechless, which is very unusual for me. I was left almost speechless by an image so powerful that I am still soaking it in. And it is the inspiration for this sermon. Now, Deaconess Ruth Trubay, who started her ministry by serving a congregation for several years, has now been appointed to an urban mission center in Davos City. She told me, I feel in my presence that God is working, walking before me because in various ministries that I face challenges, I surpass it all. I surpass it, although it is one step at a time. But when I reach the finish line, I feel that God has walked before me, reaching that goal. God is walking before me until I reach the goal. I want to say that again. God is walking before me. Can you picture that for yourself? What would it be like to feel like God is walking before you through the challenges of your life? What would it be like to know that God goes through those challenges that are in front of you, making a way where maybe it feels like there is no experiencing all of your pain and heartache and struggles before you do, leading you through it to the other side of it. I chose the scripture passage from Exodus because in it, the Israelites are escaping the slavery and the oppression of Egypt. But they don't immediately go to the promised land. Instead, they spend 40 years in the desert, basically walking in a big circle. Sometimes they're hungry, most of the time thirsty, all of the time without a permanent home, without like the ones they had in Egypt. Because no matter how bad their circumstances were in Egypt, they always had enough food and water and a home. Then Moses brings them out of slavery, but you know there was a big risk in going where they had never been before. Even Moses had never ever been to the promised land. 
God did not want to send them the shortest way. That would take them through the territory of the Philistines, where they would have had to fight. And God knew that that would scare them enough that they would all run right back to Egypt. So God led them on a long journey. It was long enough that the formerly enslaved generation mostly passed away, and the younger people had grown to adulthood in the desert. Which brings up a question, and you have to read a little further, as David did, to find out that the way they knew how and where to go for all those 40 years, that God went before him, before that, as a pillar of cloud in the daytime, and a pillar of fire at night to give them light. That made it easy for a large group of people, and there were a lot of Israelites. They had to have been straggling out all over the desert, falling behind the women and children, and the elderly probably fell behind, and they needed some big thing, not just Moses' staff, to follow. So that even if they got a little off track, they could find their way back to the group. They could follow and not get lost. God, as the cloud, was always in front of them, day and night. God was a very visible presence in their lives for 40 years. Can you imagine always being able to look around and see where God was? Can you imagine God being so visible, something that you could always see with your very own eyes? Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, I think we're in some kind of desert wilderness today, don't you, in some ways? A place where we kind of feel lost sometimes and, and maybe confused and wondering what to do next. What would you think if you could look up and saw right in front of you something that you knew was God, even if it looked like a cloud or maybe something else? What would your reaction be if you could see God? Can you tell me? I'd be overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Anything else? Fall down. Kneel down. Kneel down, yes. Yes. Assurance. Assurance, yes. Because there's always the question in our minds because we are not sure that what we're seeing is of God or is it something else, right? I think I would be first on my knees and then I would be happy and grateful. Thank you, thank you so much for showing me so clearly what I'm supposed to do. To know that God was right there in front of you, walking along to lead you through that wilderness, helping you to find water, refreshment for your spirit, and strength for your journey. What kind of difference would that make in your life? Would it make you braver, more sure of what to do next, more confident that you were going in the right direction? It would for me. I would be so much more willing to take a chance, to make a change, to do whatever I believe is what Jesus would do if God were right there.
there. Or maybe right here. If God were walking in front of me, helping me to get back on track when I make a mistake, leading me places I have never gone, doing things I have never done before, making changes instead of being resigned to do the same old thing or the same old way forever. And I do like the changes you've made in your worship. This is really wonderful thing to be able to sit at a table with other people and not look at the back of somebody's head so much. <laughs> so how can we do that? How can we see God going in front of us? Do you have any ideas? Is there something we can put in front of us that we will see every day that will remind us that God is right there, that whatever is going on, God really is here with us, walking in front of us, and all we have to do is follow can you think of something that would help you do that? Faith. I heard something. Faith. Faith? Anything else? A Bible. A Bible? Just believe. I have to believe. Say, to believe. I have to believe. We have to believe, but is there something visible that we can see, that we can put in front of us to just remind us, you know, maybe if we're all going in circles like I sometimes do, and I would look and see that particular item, I would think, oh, wait, God is right there. God is here. A cross, maybe, yeah. It's God. It's God, trees, nature, the ocean. That's a big one for me, too. Yes? Other people who are embodying God. Other people who are embodying God. That's an amazing idea, isn't it? So that might mean coming to church every Sunday, <laughs> or it might mean something else. Great ideas, thank you. I want to tell you right now that God is indeed with us, not just with each one of us as individuals, but also as a congregation. And even more than just this congregation, we as an annual conference, as a denomination, as the United Methodist Church, God is going in front of us. God is walking and showing us the way. And beyond that, God is in front of all humankind. Everyone, even those of us who are not Christian, even those who do not believe in God, and even those who worship other, God, other gods. Now, I know that might shock you just a little bit, so let me explain. It's because God created all of us. Every single person. And because God is our creator, God loves all of us. Even if we don't know it, even if we don't understand it, even if we reject it, God loves all of us. And so God is with all of us. God is loving all of us no matter what. And there's nothing that we can do to make God stop loving us. And that is true for every person on the planet. Unconditional love means that God is here with all of us. I believe that in the deepest part of me. So, why does Deaconess Ruth feel that God goes in front of her when so many of us feel alone or abandoned by God or lost in the desert? 
I think it's this way. Ruth looks up. <clears throat> when we are lost or confused or afraid, we often forget to look up. Maybe we're too busy trying not to trip on a rock or stepping off the edge of a cliff. Maybe we're too busy trying to find water or something. Maybe we're even looking for a path that will take us back to where we came from, right back to Egypt. And all the time, God is there ahead of us, waiting for us to look up and recognize that what we are seeing ahead of us is God. Meanwhile, we're looking in some other direction, and we never notice that the path is being shown to us, is being made clear to us. But God's footprints are there, just like being with people who embody Christ. Those, that's God's footprints. God's footprints include light and love and peace and happiness and comfort and joy and even belonging to each other. All of these things and much more are God's footprints. Somebody said nature, being outside the sky, the trees, the ocean. That's God's footprints. Pride and arrogance can keep us from seeing that we are dead set on going the wrong way, that we are going back to Egypt. And so many other things, distractions such as overwork, being a workaholic, chasing after success, whatever that means to you, or thinking that the goal is to own the most toys or indulge in the most pleasures. Or the opposite, struggling to have basic needs such as food, water, shelter, clothing. Scratching out an existence can also get in between you and God just as much as having too much stuff. And actually, I want to just take a little aside and say that maybe that's why God, throughout Scripture, is telling us to share with those who are in need, and why the people of the early church are recorded in the book of Acts as sharing everything in common, so that to make sure nobody has too much or too little. There's no really easy solution to any of that. But if we try, we can, if we think just for a minute, for just one minute, I'm going to try to see God. Maybe we will catch a glimpse. Maybe just a hint of God's footprint or a shadow left behind. Maybe if we turn our heads just a bit to get a different angle and a different view of what's around us, Maybe we'll see that cloudy pillar or that fiery, that fiery pillar at night. Maybe that love, hope, joy, happiness will become obvious to us. Maybe a new thought will come to us. How about if I try this new idea, this different way, we might ask ourselves. Maybe I could change just this one little thing and see what happens. Maybe, maybe God really is in front of us, making a new possibility, opening a new door. Don't dismiss something different as unrealistic or it will never work 
or why bother trying that? Instead, replace those thoughts with a question. Is this God going in front of us? Because what if it is? Or do we want to turn back to Egypt, where everything is familiar, but we're stuck working for Pharaoh? Do we want to just find out if maybe this is the path God is walking in front of us, leading us step by step? Maybe all, all it takes is giving a cup of cold water to someone who is thirsty, or a sandwich to someone who is hungry. Maybe you could take a deep breath, and I'll talk to myself here, and spend an extra minute to hug someone you love, even though you're in a hurry. Maybe you can smile at someone you don't know, or you can help a neighbor who has their hands full. If you do something like this, don't forget to look up, because God is right in front of you. All you have to do is keep following. And if we follow, we might just make it to our goal. We might make it to the promised land where God wants us to be. Where we live in the light of God and we don't feel lost anymore. Where we love and are loved unconditionally. Where we find joy and peace. And where we always know, every minute of every day, that God is with us. God is with us now. God is always with us. God is waiting for us. May we follow knowing that we are God's. Amen.
Lord giving. Generous God, help us give as generously as we have received. Help us give without counting the cost. Help us share with joyous hearts and abundant compassion. Bless and guide us in our giving. That your work and love may expand in our world. Amen. <laughs> I've been asked before the benediction, I've been asked to pray. 
for uh, our lay leader, Les Wyman, who is going on the honor flight to Washington, D.C. this coming up. So please pray with me. Gracious God, go before Les on his trip. Keep him safe. Make it a healing time, a time of remembrance, a time of knowing that God has always been with him through it all. May you show him what he needs to see, help him hear what he needs to hear, help him do everything he has to do. Go ahead of him on the way and come back ahead of him as well, making the flight safe and his heart full. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now receive this benediction. My generous friends, go and offer generosity to the world. My forgiven friends, go and forgive in compassion and peace. My loving friends, go and offer love to everyone you meet. And may the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the restoration of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Amen. Amen.